Welcome to Reading, Writing, and Rain. This is a podcast about books, writing, and my writer's journey. I am your host, Rain Coleman. And man, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you for listening. <laughs> so you can follow me on Twitter at Coleman Rain. Everywhere else, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all the good stuff at Reading, Writing, Rain. Join me. Let's make this a conversation. When you're listening to this podcast, please be sure to use the hashtag RWRPod and let's discuss some things. So if I ask anything during this podcast, answer it through the hashtag. If you have any questions for me, pose them through the hashtag. Let's get into this. So because we are nearing Valentine's Day and because I am your contemporary romance-leaning author, I'd like to dive into some romance of it all. So I actually found uh, a romance tag over on YouTube and it was just a handful of questions. I figured that'd be a good way to bring in the holiday (laughs) with a couple questions about me as it pertains to this romance tag. it uh, starts off with the first question is, what age did you start read? Did you start read? Did you start to read romance novels? That is tricky. I don't know. And I say that because romance and melodrama have been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. So I'd have to say, hmm, I know I had to be in elementary school, like sitting up watching soap operas and... <laughs> Uh, Saturday morning cartoons with things like the X-Men. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before. X-Men was a complete melodramatic soap opera. They just happened to have superpowers. Um, I started reading early and I started reading everything that was available to me. I would like to say if I want to put a definitive maybe age or date on it, I may have been sixth, seventh grade. Six, seven, great, yeah, because my mother was an avid reader. My uh, One of my closest aunts was as well, and it was books all over the place to the point where I know I was reading some things that I had no business reading, but it was like a book in front of me, let's go. <laughs> you're at the grocery store, and you're uh, in the checkout aisle or in the magazine aisle, and there's a book there, let's go. I was reading any and everything I could get my hands on, so I'd have to say probably about sixth grade is when I started um, first reading romance. But honestly, I can't remember. <laughs> um, let's see. Second question is, if you could pick one hero to meet from your favorite romance novels, who would it be and why? Um, I don't know, because I feel like when it comes to heroes, quote unquote heroes, there are... I don't really have any, because even I like flawed characters, so even the folks who may be the quote-unquote hero, I like them to have a little bit of backstory, a little bit of trauma, drama, and all the likes, but I cannot pinpoint a single hero in a book that I would like to meet. Maybe Basil Henderson um, from, excuse me, uh, Elin Harris's novels, his whole novel series, perhaps. And that's mainly because he was, was he the hero? I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to settle with Basil, but I may come back later with a different answer. Um, But I know he was very interesting to me and reading through those, or even, oh, let me see. Um, 
possibly a little bit from um, James Earl Hardy's B-Boy Blues. Possibly him, because for, for me, reading him, uh, and this was a whole nother time, back in the 90s, early 2000s, him being this queer character who was not uh, presented as a stereotype, though there was some, like, respectability politics and some other shit rolled up in there, but at the time, he wasn't this stereotypical what you saw on TV. So I would probably have to say, I'd probably have to say, you know, oh, this, I don't have. I don't have just one and I don't, I don't, there's too many, but I, I'll have to final answer a little bit. It'd have to be final answer. Uh, let's see. The third question is who are your favorite romance authors and why? So for me, it's kind of another, well, I don't really have one because I just, I enjoy reading. So it could be one of those Fabio novels from back in the day. It could be a contemporary novel. It could be a period piece. I like the romance, the drama of it all. So I can't truly say I have a favorite, but um, Feet to the Floor, Life Depends on It, I may have to go with... Uh, um, well, I'll just stick with uh, Elin Harris and Eric Jerome Dickey, and that's twofold. So for me, again, being a queer kid way back in the day, growing up and reading, reading was one of those escapes that I had. It wasn't a whole lot of, I ain't going to like blame it on bullying or terrible kids or nothing like that, but I do know that in the media that I consumed, there was a very clear divide as to um, what was real and what was fake. And, and I say that because, again, when you got queer people on television back in the 90s, 80s, 90s-ish, what I was seeing was the very special HIV episode or the funny queer token character or white queer. And so through these books and others, like I'm sure there's a slew of others that I'm not even remembering right now you were able to get a peek into characters that even if you say they were similar, if not the same as the ones on television, they were at the very least written by people who shared that same experience. So with an Elaine Harris novel, I got the black excellence. I got the um, HBCU-ness. I got the queerness. I got the uh, black love, be it heterosexual or homosexual, but a lot of his characters who happened to have been gay, queer and the like were represented and presented to me unfiltered because it was through a book that wasn't like um, a school textbook. It was a book that I read leisurely on my own and me and my aunt would pass books back and forth. But there were characters who I could relate to, maybe not in totality because I was definitely a child, but there were things that I could see and that I could latch on to um, with my vivid imagination. of like, okay, this is how it could be versus the other side of it, which again is token character, special HIV episode, all of the weird ickiness that came with representation way back in the day. So I'd have to go with Elian Harris for that reason. Eric Jerome Dickey, because I absolutely freaking love his, his work. So I know the first book of his that I read had to be Milk in My Coffee. It was either Milk in My Coffee or Sister, Sister. And I think it was Milk in My Coffee. Because I remember the covers, which drew me to them when they say, don't judge a book by its cover, they're lying. <laughs> uh, what first drew me to his books was that cartoonish cover that they had. And it wasn't cartoonish where 
um, it felt silly, but it was like art. And I remember the Milk in My Coffee, I want to say had a blue cover with the cartoonish heads, disembodied heads on it. And then Sister Sister, maybe he had a, I want to say it was red, but on the hardback that I had, it was yellow. Either way, that's neither here nor there. One, it was the book's covers that drew me in. And then two, the story seeing this black man with his locks and his big old wide smile on his face on the back of that book, like I that was enough for me at that age. And then reading it and and feeling as if um kind of discovering that this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is something that I had already been doing at that time is like writing stories, comics, prose, not all that good stuff, but like being exposed to um, Elian Harris and Eric Jerome Dickey and their work. And then they even sidebar had a, they were, oh, and I have to, I got to remember what it is. It was an, and an, it was an anthology novel where they both wrote an entry it was them. And I want to say two or three other black men. And I have to look this up. And if I can remember to do so, I'm going to add an image in the YouTube um, version of the podcast. But there was that book where that was my like earliest memories of like an um, Infinity War, Endgame, all of that. Like to see two authors that at that time I was already heavily invested in, in a book together was like mind blowing for me. But um, Eric Jerome Dickey gave me excitement. He gave me energy. He gave me blackness. And even in the experiences that I didn't automatically um feel connected to or or not even feel connected to didn't have because i was a kid i didn't have that um relation of like a sexual or adult type of relationship and i i say that because there was one scene in particular and it was in milk in my coffee and i remember it clear as day because i remember the memory the visuals that i had of this scene when reading it, and it was when the uh, the man was at home, I believe, and there's something about a long hallway from his front door to his house. And I remember the girl, and, and I say the man and the girl because I can't remember the names right now, who the black girl he was dating or has was recently split up with, she came in a house, and I think they fucked. They had sex right there in the bed, and then like she left because they were not on good terms, but I think she just wanted to have sex. And I was like, whoa, this is, and it wasn't distasteful. It was well done writing. But I remember reading that and being like, oh, you can do this. You can do this with with words. You can do this and get published. Like this is what, so, bruh, ever since then. So that's my long roundabout way of saying Elaine Harris and Eric Jerome Dickey are both two of my favorite artists who captured a black experience, a particular black experience in their books in their work that I immediately gravitated to and, and found solace in, in like escapism. Um, and it kind of gave me the, maybe those first uh, inklings of like, you're going to do this. You can do this. This is an actual career. Like <laughs> I didn't think books magically appeared on the shelves, but I also, I think back then didn't consider um, yeah, I wrote stories, but like, oh, that's all they are stories. Because a lot of times back in the day, I'll say when you are pursuing something artistic, be it um, African studies, be it um, creative writing or whatever, 
the cars were stacked against you depending on your environment. It was like, that's not a real job. You're going to do that. So um, I think reading their work and consuming so much of it was kind of that through line and, and, and amplified that voice in me that was like, you can do this. You enjoy doing this. Let this be what you do eventually. You know, so I'd have to say those are my two my two faves. <laughs> okay, so the next question is, what is um, a favorite romance novel to reread? Mm, to reread, I'd have to say, hmm, a favorite to reread. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite to reread because that's not really my default style. Like I, I like to read and I like to consume, but let's just say I read Basketball Jones. Um, by Elaine Harris, and I enjoyed it. I would enjoy it, but I don't think I would revisit it like right away. I would want to continue on to go through the rest of the books that were written by him, or even books that were had similar subject matter from other authors. So I don't know that there's one that I have that's like, oh, this is my comfort reread because I don't have that. Um, that may be kind of odd. If that's odd, let me know. Let me know in the comments um, if that's weird. Um, or even if not that that's weird, what is your comfort uh, romance reread that you normally are revisiting? And if you have any suggestions, let me know. Because um, the more I think about it, I think I'm kind of limited <laughs> at the, um, the, the works that I've consumed because I read a lot and a lot of different genres and a lot of different authors. So... But I don't I can't say that I have one that I just have to reread over and over again. And if I did, I think it'd be more or less maybe an audiobook version because I love I love to read and I like to consume literature. But I think when it comes to a well crafted, well done audiobook, that's something that I'd probably revisit to hear the motion and passion in that person's voice while they're giving it this performance of a lifetime, that would be something that's a little bit more um, kind of interesting to me. So I would have to say right now, I don't have one, but that's just by nature of me not um, rereading a lot of work over and over again. Because um, on the flip side, I'm also a blurred nerd and the like. I have a whole separate um, representation, comics related media style show and whatnot. And there I consume a lot of comic books. I consume a lot of trade paperbacks. I, I consume a lot over there. And so maybe that's part of the reason why I don't reread a lot. Because if I have to read, let's say, two or three issues of a, I don't know, X-Men comic for a show or something, I'm going to read those cover to cover. I'm going to graft those books onto my DNA. So I'll rarely ever revisit them because once the show is up and done and the conversation has been started, I may go back and look at a, I don't know, a page or two to like, I don't know, get a screenshot or something, but I don't really, yeah, that's not really, I don't know. I guess, you know what, if I have to say something, though I haven't done this, but one other time, and that was for a different podcast, I'd have to say maybe seven days in June, um, because I enjoyed that book. And I think I'm still learning what tropes really speak to me. And that second chance of it all, though I don't think it was a perfect book, I enjoyed a lot of it. But that second chance romance is something that I think couldn't be done poorly just as easily as it could be done well. And I think 
Seven Days in June did well. Um, and so if I was to revisit one, that would probably be the first one that I would like actively sit down and reread to get all those feelings again. But eh, yeah, final answer. <laughs> That's my final answer. So let's see what else. Um, what book would you recommend to a non-romance reader? Non-romance reader. See, and that depends too, because I think a lot of times book suggestions and even suggestions in general could be maybe tailor-made. So if you are definitely into action um, and adventure and you want some romance in there, I would go with that uh, Gideon series from um, um, Eric Drum Dickey. I would definitely go with that. But like, let's say... You, y'all, I'm going through it over here. Um, I would say, what would I recommend? This would be so much easier if we were talking about comic books, bruh. So much easier. But with novels, I think it it would come down to what do you want to consume? Do you want something that's heavy? Do you want a series? Do you want something that's just like, I don't want to say a mindless read because I feel like that may be a bit insulting, but something that you don't have to put too much thought into. Like it's just when Harry met Sally and when Sally and Harry got married and the drama in between. So it, it varies. Um but I'll say my own works of fiction, my very own works is what I would recommend to a non-romance reader. And I'll do that smugly knowing that I'm going to get a couple books out this year, 2023. So that will be my final answer. <laughs> my own books, any book by Rain Coleman, that's what you should pick up as a non-romance reader. And I say that not lightly because I do... <sighs> find comfort in the contemporary and then the romantic elements. And a lot of times my work, I don't think follows to the T the um, romance standards, uh, especially like with the happily ever after and whatnot, there is a happy for now and there's our cliffhangers and stuff. But I'd say for someone who doesn't exclusively consume romance, my own work would be, would be great. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Um, and lastly, which is your favorite contemporary suspense or historical and why? Uh, I would say contemporary for me. I like the real world every day and I like the interpretations of different people. So you could have a white woman in Vermont who grew up um, on the wrong side of the tracks with a pit bull. And she would have a different story than like an Asian woman in a wheelchair who is um, second generation American and living in Southern California. So I like contemporary because you get so many. And it's, I, I mean, that's true with any story because no two stories will be the same. But I think with contemporary and focusing on the now, um, that just speaks to me a bit more. Now, let's say I'm consuming some like TV movie media. I may skew towards a period piece, like a historical retelling or something. But then that also depends on who wrote this, where is this from? Um but I'd say contemporary I'll, I'll, with a caveat of if you are a black author who is writing something else like a historical or something, then sure. Because I think what stops me with historical fiction and historical stories is that a lot of time, well, plainly put, history is written 
by the point of view of the victors. You don't always get true depictions of the uh, folks who did not rise above or who weren't the dominant in society or whatever the story is about. So when you do a historical piece, even if it's a fictional historical retelling or something, I I would prefer that it is by a Black person um, and or POC, but specifically Black. Um, or especially black rather. Um, but I'd have to go with contemporary because with that, I feel like I can read anything like black, white, blue, green, Latino, uh, Asian, whatever, like with contemporary, I don't know. It just speaks to me more. I'll say, um, yeah, I'll have to go with contemporary. And then that's what I write in as well. I like the everyday mundane. And I I'd also say that with contemporary, though you can, let's say I wrote a historical story. I can make up like, um, I don't know, a, a segment of England that like was only inhabited by two families and like just make that be a thing and just tell a story. But I find that to be more interesting when you do that in the present day. So if you are writing a story that's in, uh, I don't know, Southern California, but you make up this um, city that's in Southern California, let's call it Line Bear, Line Bear City in Southern California. I like when people do that because you also can like pick and choose. Um, let's say, okay, in this world in Line Bear, South California, um, let's say Trump and Obama were both president. But then you can make it so that there was a fictional vice president. And then now we may follow one of the nieces of this vice president. And then you you are still able to pull from real world things in this contemporary space. And kind of author them to your liking. And you can do the same with historical and whatnot. But there's something about contemporary when people do that or make up their own towns or own counties or own schools or whatever. That, to me, is just so exciting. Also, uh, seeing stuff like that translated to the big screen or to the silver TV screen, whichever screen, both screens. <laughs> seeing that stuff translated to the TV screen and the movies, I like that as well. Um, and I would even say, though, this isn't strictly romance i think it's paranormal romance and don't okay y'all i know you like the tussle i know how you girls like the tussle do not bite my head off but the twilight franchise as problematic and as dramatic as it is i, I enjoyed it but what i'll say is um like having forks but then having all of these different vampire covens all over the world and making this like forks is a very real place but then taking it and infusing it with this vampire werewolf lore like i'm sure any young kid around the twilight heyday who lived in forks was like i'm i'm in forks this is us this is our stuff so i don't know it's just something that's a little bit more um comforting a little bit more exciting seeing that done in a contemporary story so I have to go get the break. <laughs> so yeah, those were the six uh, romance. It was a romance readers tag, but reader writer. It's all the same <laughs> romance reader tag. So um, what am I reading? What am I reading? So currently, I um, I'm writing. I'm in the middle of writing my uh, WIP from the last Nano, which I won Nano Rhyme All 2022. Kudos to me, and I'm going between that one and i have two books one that is completely done and the sequel that is done the first draft is done and i'll be um 
getting to the second draft of that after I finish this first draft of my WIP from Nano 2022. <laughs> Say that four times fast. So um, I haven't been doing a lot of reading, but I most recently actually um, started reading this audiobook, and it's called Someone Had to Do It by Amber and Danielle, Danielle Brown. And I'm enjoying that. It is a story about um, this young socialite, this white girl, Taylor, and black girl, I think her name is Brandy. Yes, Brandy. And Brandy works as an intern at a fashion house, I believe, or a fashion company or something. Unpaid intern. And it, it's kind of giving me other black girl vibes, like right at the beginning, like about um, Nella at that um, publishing house. So it's giving me the same feels, but it's I don't want to spoil anything, but some things are starting to happen. So I'm still in like the first act and dealing with um, some some drama that's about to unfold. And I'm enjoying it. I uh, I downloaded it thanks to there was a young woman on Twitter and I forget her name, but I saw that she was reading. She was like, oh, this is good. And I'm like, well, all I'm doing is writing. Let me throw this on and maybe listen to it while doing laundry and housework and stuff. And I got into it. So um, I have about, at the time of this recording, about seven and a half hours left. It's a 10, I think it's 10 hours and 16 minutes or something. So I've gotten over the first three um, chapters and, or three chapters, three hours. And it is, it's a good time. So I'll maybe do a video or something uh, going over my thoughts. And uh, it's really good. So what are you guys reading? And have you read someone had to do it have you read it do how do you feel about it no spoilers of course if you have but do you like it did you enjoy it is it your cup of tea <laughs> let me know um so yeah that's pretty much it so with valentine's day coming around the corner listen to the podcast watch the youtube broadcast and be sure to check back in and write read <laughs> watch any number of the vlogs that are already up at this point i've been doing the vlogging thing to hold myself more accountable because again this is the year of follow-through and me focusing very heavily on making my writing a habit a habit a habit so um i've put up a few i think at the time of this recording there should be about five or six or some i don't know some events and a bunch of other things but Please be sure to subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel and, uh, you know, engage with things, this video, this content and whatnot. I'm trying to, again, hold myself accountable and grow and document my growth in this writer self-publishing landscape. So, Lord, join me on my journey. So, again, y'all, I am Rain Coleman. I am a contemporary author. I tell romance, contemporary current day stories about black folks and their experiences. And I am on my writer's journey. So I'd love for you guys to follow me, subscribe, retweet, reshare, tick the talk and all that good stuff and enjoy the ride as I learn, stress and grow in this writing landscape. So again, please be sure to subscribe to the YouTube, to listen to the podcast and to join me and uh, you know get that heads up. I want to build some sort of community if it's three folks if it's 30 folks if it's 130 or 310 whatever it is i do want to be able to connect with some folks and have somebody uh you know like oh i saw you on the blog about a year ago and you was doing such and such when that book come out or i enjoyed that book or whatever so 
that's that. So thank you guys so much for watching and for listening. And I hope you do enjoy your Valentine's Day if you celebrate. And until next time, read something, write something, then come back and tell me rain. <laughs> All right, y'all.